Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. If you've been around the Bible, been around the church, been around the faith for a while, Luke 2 should stand out to you like a beacon. This is the story of the birth of Jesus. And as we're recording this, we're not in the month of December, we're in the month of May. And I actually think that's a good thing, because I think sometimes we fall into this pattern of we only talk about the birth of Jesus, we only read Luke 2 around Christmas time, and during other parts of the year, it doesn't really fit. But one of the passions, but one of the convictions I have is as much as the church calendar can be a blessing and a benefit, there are some downsides to the church calendar, and we get in these seasonal ruts. So I think May is a great time to read the Christmas story. If you grew up like I did in a Christian family where your parents faithfully taught you the scriptures, you're surrounded by extended family who trust the Lord, you've heard this passage a million times. There were some Christmases where we'd read Luke 2, 1 through 20 at my house with my mom and dad. Then we'd go to my grandma and grandpa's and read Luke 2, 1 through 20 again. Then celebrate with the other side of the family and read Luke 2, 1 through 20 again. Here at a church a few times during the Christmas season, go to a concert or some event where you heard it. You could hear this thing a dozen times every Christmas and pretty soon it becomes so familiar that you might not even just stop and slow down and think about it. So we're going to take this a little chunk at a time and really unpack some of what's going on that is amazing about the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's start off in chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. So this is really awesome. We've talked about Luke being a very methodical, logical, layout, the historical timeline writer. He wrote back at the beginning of chapter 1 that he was writing this account for Theophilus so that he might be certain of the things that he's been taught. And so Luke doesn't hesitate to put some historical details in that really lock this thing down into history. When did this happen? Well, Caesar Augustus was the Roman emperor who decreed this registration or this census. In other words, people had to be counted so they could be taxed so that the Roman Empire could get the revenue that they need to do what they needed to do. Not only does it tell us that Caesar Augustus was the emperor, but it says that a guy named Quirinius was the governor of Syria. So this gives us even greater specificity as to when this happened. And one of the reasons this is significant is because if Luke is blowing smoke here, his audience is going to immediately know it. It's not like the first time this was read was 2,000 years later, like us. The first time this was read was like 60 years later, when people would have known the history and been able to expose it if it wasn't accurate. So the way these censuses worked is you go back to your original hometown with your family and be part of the count. And that's exactly what happened. You check out verse four. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Again, this is very, very significant. You remember when they were talking about Jesus during his ministry and said, what good thing can come from Nazareth? The implication is that Jesus is from Nazareth. So some people say, well, wait a minute, I thought he was born in Bethlehem. Well, he is from Nazareth. That's where his mom and dad lived. That's where he spent some of his early years. But he was actually born in Bethlehem. So he could be born in Bethlehem and from Nazareth at the same time. The other thing that's significant
in here is the reason they were going back to Bethlehem is because that's where the family of David was to be registered. Joseph is of the house and the lineage of David. Of course, this is hugely important because we were told in the Davidic covenant way back in the Old Testament that the Messiah, the king who would sit on David's throne forever, who would usher in this eternal kingdom, this king would come from David's line. Verse 5, he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed. They weren't married, they were engaged, but that was good enough to get her with him to Bethlehem to be counted in this census. And she was with child, which is highly irregular for a Jewish couple that hasn't been married, but is only betrothed to be with child. Of course, we know why that is. The child inside her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, according to what we read from the angel Gabriel a few days ago. Now to me, here's what's most amazing about this. Way back in Micah chapter 5, there's a prophecy about the ruler who is going to be born in Bethlehem, the one who is going to come and save Israel, be their peace. It's talking about the Messiah. And it says this Messiah, who we also know is from the line of David, is going to be born in Bethlehem. Well, against all odds, in a way that if you're following this and knew what was going on from an objective perspective, you might think, wait a minute, why is Gabriel going to visit Mary in Nazareth? Wasn't the Messiah supposed to be born in Bethlehem? Yes. And just when you think that God might have messed up, he plants it in Caesar Augustus's heart. This is like the leader of the superpower on earth at the time to have a census, which is going to require Mary's betrothed Joseph to take her back to his hometown, Bethlehem, to be registered. We serve a God of against all odds. I didn't even mean to make that rhyme going all the way back to the beginning of scripture. He chose old and barren Abraham and Sarah to be the father and mother of the nations. Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the firstborn. Esau should have been the child who the promise went through. God had a different plan, worked out a situation where Jacob became the child of the promise. Jacob had 12 sons. They became the 12 tribes of Israel. And all through Israel's history, the circumstance or the person that you would least think God would use is the circumstance or the person God ended up using to advance his redemptive plan for the world. Let's consider ourselves. Do you think it's likely that the God of the universe would be interested in us? If you're a follower of Christ, what are the circumstances through which you came to faith in Jesus? And how likely was it that things would happen that way so that ultimately you would trust Jesus? Friends, we have an awesome, sovereign God who controls all things, who can never be counted out, and who always comes through according to his promise. I don't know what hardship or difficulty or challenge you're facing today or in this season of life, but man, keep building on the rock. He's never going to let you down. Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which has aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspired interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit 
input from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.